Hey everyone, I need your attention for one minute. This is not one of those ads. This is something that has changed my entire life. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know that this is all about personal development as the foundation for everything good in your life. And this podcast is now sponsored by Growth Day, which is the world's first all-in-one personal development app. I mean, oh my gosh, can you imagine having everything all in one place that you need to create the life that you want? Now you can. So if you've been struggling with your motivation, your mood, your productivity, or your purpose, you have to check this out. Growth Day helps you consciously change your life and achieve your potential. It has all the self-improvement tools, motivational classes, and life coaching all in one place. So many of us want to improve our lives, but the question is how? Where do we start? What do we use? How do you get unstuck? How do you make self-improvement stick? Well, research shows how. It's when you consistently journal, track your habits, set goals, learn from empowering mentors, and challenge yourself that you'll be happier, healthier, and more successful. But let me ask you something. Where do you actually do all of your personal development work? I have to tell you that over 300,000 people use Growth Day for a reason. It works. It's the world's number one software for self-improvement. Growth Day has an amazing mindset journal that I absolutely love, a habit tracker, and a goal-setting system. In fact, I bet if you went to my stories this week, you probably saw me using the journaling app and telling you to do it too, because it's the first time that journaling has ever actually stuck consistently in my life because of this app. And best of all, Growth Day has live inspirational classes every single week from the world's top motivational speakers and life coaches. These are people who have impacted my life in huge ways. These are mentors who I already knew and loved. In fact, this is something that's so huge for me, you guys. I personally teach a class in Growth Day every single month, and it is one of the most fun things that I get to do, and I'd love to see you there. These classes will truly shift your life. There's always something new that you will learn. So join me in 300,000 Achievers Growing Our Lives with actual real intention. Visit growthday.com slash Lori for a free trial. Yes, you can try this for free. So go to growthday.com slash Lori and go live your best life. You guys, that's growthday.com forward slash Lori. And I can't wait to see you there. So something that I've started doing, especially on those days where the fear makes me forget the truth about who I am in life. I literally tell myself, I literally hug myself mm. and I say, thank you for trying to protect me right mm. now, mm. but I'm okay. Welcome to the Earn Your Happy Podcast. I'm Lori Harder, founder of Light Pink, best-selling author, three-time fitness world champion, and I'm a crazy multi-passionate entrepreneur. My journey has taken me everywhere from being a broke waitress, barista, retails associate, and personal trainer with massive anxiety and no belief in myself to later becoming a multimillionaire in love with my life. In 2007, my husband and I lost everything. We found ourselves hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt at rock bottom. We had no ideas and I had no education to fall back on. This is when I found personal development and learned everything I could about business. 
not by choice, but because I realized no one was coming to save me. The conversations on this podcast are going to let you know that you're not alone and that we all feel like we don't know what we're doing. We're going to give you the tools to help you face your fears, take action, start your business, and grow those massive dreams that are keeping you up at night. It's time to create a life that you can't hide from and put so much on the line that your higher self is forced to come out. You're going to stop waiting for someone to approve of you and you're going to anoint yourself. Because I'm obsessed about building businesses that give women a platform, I want to feature you. So if you text the word podcast to 310-496-8363, you can get your questions answered on our Q&A segment along with a shout out. And if you rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast, we're choosing someone every month to get coached and featured on our show. It just might be you. So let's get started. Welcome back to the show. Today is so crazy extra special. You guys, I legit cried during this podcast probably three or four times. Um, Sometimes you can hear it. Sometimes you can't. I was so moved. And every single time I've talked to this person, I just get just massive takeaways and life shifts. And that is going to happen for you today. She is a genius businesswoman. She has gone through so much in her life and the way she looks at life and just helps you with the challenging things, whatever it is you've gone through, whatever it is that you're thinking, you're going to want to take notes on this show because Ashley Lemieux is my guest today. And I was lucky enough to have her in person. She actually lives near me in Phoenix area. And she's the founder and CEO of The Shine Project and the author of two books, Born to Shine and I Am Here, which just released. You have to go and get it. I do a giveaway at the end of this podcast for this book. This is the book that I'm reading every single morning right now. And I'm obsessed. The Shine Project is an online community for women that helps them find support, resources, motivation, and encouragement to triumph over the challenges in their lives. She's empowered thousands of women to find their purpose in pain and find the courage to keep going. She's also the host of the epic podcast, The I Am Podcast, and her passion for youth in the foster care system has put her on the board of directors for National Angels. She lives in Phoenix with her husband and crazy puppy, honey. And like I said, this podcast is going to shift your world. Make sure that you just do those couple of steps at the end for the free book. All you have to do is share and tag and let us know what your biggest takeaway was. And I'm going to be giving 10 free books to the first 10 people who do that. So you guys, I'm so excited for you to listen to this podcast. Let's go. Ashley, I'm so excited to have you back on the podcast. Thank you for being here. It's crazy. We're neighbors now. I know. I'm so excited we're neighbors. I'm so excited to that you're like close to me. <laughs> I know. It's it's really bizarre. Like I had no idea. If you would have told me two years ago that I would be living here, I would have never believed you, which you were, you were in Nashville. Yeah. Yeah. We were in Nashville the first yeah. time that I recorded with you. That's right. Yeah. So we moved... I think a year before you did back to Phoenix. So, so crazy. And okay. So I have not done a summer here yet. So, okay. Well, you have a pool. So you're, (laughs) 
you're going to be good. That's what everyone says. I'm like, so what do we do? Do we like stand in the pool and put our computer on the edge and just like keep our bodies immersed or how does this work? Well, you're probably going to have to work inside. Your computer might combust because (laughs) we do this experiment every summer. You can fry an egg on (gasps) the sidewalk or on the asphalt or something. It gets really hot. So you probably don't want your computer there, but oh my God, you'll make it. It's going to be great. It's going to be yeah, good. Or just take a road trip if it gets a little bit too hot. That's what we're going to do. We're already, go. we're already planning road trips. So there totally. you go. it's great. So, all right. So last time I had you on, we were talking about your amazing book, um, Born to Shine. And you are, you're somebody who I just, I, I can watch from afar and, you know, be in your community. And you are so, you're so connected to people. Like you are so uh, it's almost as if you are sitting with them on their journey. And I know that you are one of the women who uh, just whenever there's something big in my life or something that I'm processing, I can always go to your page and just feel like you're sitting next to me on that journey and you have so much empathy. I want to know where does that come from? I know that you have been on the craziest, you've you've had a, a, a wild ride. You've had kind of a crazy experience, crazy experiences in your life. Um, and you just have so much courage and grace. So can you tell me a little bit about the last, you know, maybe I know that we summed this up in our last podcast, so we don't need to go super far back, but um, just a summary of the past few years of your life. And if you guys want to hear her entire story, I'm going to link up. I'm going to link up our last podcast together as well. Yeah. Well, thank you. That's so nice of you to say that. I, I feel like the experiences that I've had in my life have really allowed me to view people in the world around me with an entirely new lens than I had before. It's been four and a half years ago now. My husband and I lost our kids who we were permanent guardians mm-hmm. of literally overnight. We had raised them for over half their lives. And that dis- that literally destroyed mm-hmm. us. That destroyed me. Um, it's hard to find human words <laughs> that yeah. can describe that that feeling. Um, but, and I did a lot to be able to mm. get out of bed in the morning and, and keep moving on and waking up every day and, and live my life. Mm-hmm. And last year, three years after then we had lost um, those two kids, my husband and I decided it was time to to move forward again in growing our family. Mm-hmm. And this time we decided that we were going to try to get pregnant for the first mm-hmm. time. And we got pregnant. We were obviously so excited about it. And 16 weeks in, I got really sick, Mm. literally from, I was planning the baby's nursery in our new home that we had just moved Mm. into to accommodate our growing family three days before. And uh, COVID had also just hit. Mm -hmm. So the pandemic was happening and no one really knew what was going on. And I went from being okay to within a couple hours I was just screaming in pain. I couldn't even mm. walk. And and I was rushed to the hospital and ambulance. And they learned when we were there that I went septic, which is a blood infection that a lot of people don't make it through. Mm. Um, at that time, it was the first day that the hospitals wouldn't allow outside guests to come in oh, wow. with you. So my husband couldn't come. So for the next week, I was in the hospital by myself and in the most severe pain in my life, but also so terrified about our baby. Mm. And our baby was okay at first. And then 
uh, one of the days I got really sick and I woke up to a rapid response team around me putting tubes all over. I, I was, mm. I wasn't breathing. And, and I remember I came to, and I kept yelling, am I having a stroke or am I going to die? Mm. Like I really, in that, I thought I was going to die. And after that, I asked them if they could check the baby because the, I just knew that there mm. was no way we both could have survived that moment. I just knew it. And I was right. Mm. And I, delivered him alone the next morning. Mm. He came really fast and I was just there alone, like literally in the worst moment in my life, just sobbing, wishing that I could change it or mm -hmm. fix it or, or make it stop happening, but it was totally out of my control. And so I think that in those experiences where I have felt so alone in my life, mm -hmm. it's helped me know how to sit with other people when they feel alone. And that's what I try to do now because I don't feel like any of us should have to go through those worst, lowest moments by ourselves. Like mm -hmm. it's, it just gets too hard sometimes. And so if I can just help provide any type of support at all during someone's lowest moment, then that's how I guess I give part of my pain purpose in life. Mm -hmm. Otherwise it just starts kind of destroying me if I can't put it somewhere. Mm, thank you so much for sharing that. I know so many people have similar stories and just being able to, I think, talk to someone and see another woman and how she's dealt with it. Um, what were some of the things that you did when you got home? Just what did you, how do you allow yourself space? How did you, what did you even start? Were you even thinking? How did you handle that? Going home was rough. Mm. I still had, I had a pick line for antibiotics for the next six weeks. Mm. I was hardly able to get out of bed. So, you know, I just had, I, I just had a miscarriage delivery. And on top of that, I had gone septic. So there were just all these things happening. Still happening in your body. Yeah. And so at first it was really hard for me because I had to prepare every morning mm. on how I was going to get out of bed that day. Mm. And it kind of took me back to this really basic minimal point in my life of really refiguring re out what's important to me right now. Where am I going to put my energy today? Because I have so little of it. Mm. What is the most important? And also we were still very much in a new pandemic. And so there wasn't a lot of outside help that I could mm. seek. I had a home nurse that would come. Um, but even my family, they'd visit me from the window. So mm. it was just my husband and I, like it was a very much, we're kind of feeling like we're on our own. Mm. I have very minimal energy. What do I focus on? And so some of the things that helped me, um, I started doing little things like mm. breath work from my bed. Mm -hmm. I was really afraid to be in my body because mm. I felt like my body had betrayed me. Mm. I, I didn't feel safe in my body. So that meant that every experience that I had going throughout the day felt absolutely terrifying. Mm. And so I had to learn how to start trusting myself and life again. And I had to do it very simply. Like, mm. how do I breathe right correctly when I feel panic coming on? Mm. How do I can connect to myself, to God, when I feel very not safe and upset right now? How do I connect to my husband for more you know, support when I need it. So truly it took me back to this place of the bare minimum 
and finding those connections again so that I could have help moving forward. Mm. Would you just, would you ever notice moments of progress waking up and how would you kind of track those or what would you, did you have goals on like, okay, this is what I want to, you know, as as you maybe time progressed, as you started to slowly go, or did you just say, you know what, I'm just going to keep putting one foot in front of the other and, and not even put anything on myself. At first I had to just put one foot in front of the other. I couldn't have an expectation. Mm. My goal at that time was to stay alive. Mm. That, that That was was it. it. Mm -hmm. And then my goal was to be able to take a shower. Mm-hmm. Like I, so after that, I'm like, okay, it's been a couple of weeks. Like I really want to be able to take a shower. <laughs> so that became my uh, next goal. And as I did that, I was like, oh my gosh, I was able to stand up and do this mm-hmm. thing. And I, my husband had to help me, but mm-hmm. I could do it with his help. And so as those norm, those once normal things that became these huge milestones mm-hmm. in my healing as I was able to start hitting those that started allow me to track that I was moving mm. forward. Mm-hmm. Um, but truly I focused on just taking it one day at a time and some days were going to be better than others. But at the end of the day, I knew that if I made it through that day, then it was a good day. Mm-hmm. How did, how did you communicate to your husband what you needed or the outside world or whomever was in your life kind of asking for how they could help? How did you communicate that? That's a really good question. I feel like with my husband, particularly he carried, he was carrying so much weight during that time because Mm. he wasn't able to be with me in the hospital. So he was at home terrified about losing me. I can't. Yeah. He's also, he also just lost his baby boy. Mm -hmm. And now he's so concerned about me because he's watching me and I'm not okay. And so he was carrying a lot. And and at first I didn't know what to ask for because I didn't know what I, I truly didn't know what I needed Mm. for myself. And so I'm so grateful for him because he had to kind of perceive what it was that I was needing. And because we didn't know what to ask for, I'm also really grateful for the people in our life who just stepped in. Groceries would be Mm. delivered at the door. Um, Toilet paper, because remember all the toilet paper was off the shelves at that time. And we weren't, we hadn't been home or able to go get them. any toilet paper? (laughs) So we'd get like toilet paper dropped off or paper towels or, and I think that's a really important part of the grieving process or or when someone's going through a hard time is a lot of times we don't even know Mm. what we need. We're just, in the survival mode yeah. and to be able to have people who just acknowledge that and, and just show up and drop something off. That was really big for us because mm-hmm. looking back, I honestly don't know what we would have done in trying to just feed ourselves every day. Like mm-hmm. it just wasn't, no, you're not it, it was just about a lot. That. It was a mm-hmm. lot. Um, and then as time went on, I got better about identifying what it was that I needed because I started learning what was helping me Mm. and what was adding light and life and power back into my life. But that was probably, you know, four months after everything had happened where I could finally start trusting my voice again to advocate for the things that I needed. Mm. What would you say to somebody who maybe has someone going through something rough in their life? Um, Like what, what is a powerful way for them to potentially step in? Such a good question. I love talking about this because one of the things that we're not taught 
<laughs> ever in school mm-hmm. is how is how to go through grief. Yeah. Or, or how to show up for people in grief. And mm-hmm. we all go through it. And then we're like, what do I do? And I don't want to say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing, but I want to mm-hmm. be there. And I think the most important thing is that they know that you're there. Some of the most helpful times in my life have been when people have said, I'm so sorry, this sucks so much. And I want you to know that I'm here in it with you. Mm-hmm. And they don't try to fix it because it can't be fixed. Right. And then they do something. And I it can get really overwhelming. Um, if a friend or someone is going through a hard time and they're constantly asked, well, what can I do for you? Or, hey, reach out if you need anything. Or what mm. do you need? A lot of times they don't know what they need because they're just trying to make sense of this new life that they're getting accustomed to. And so being able to show up and identify those needs for them. Hey, I'm bringing mm. a meal tonight. Do you have any allergies? Or, hey, I'm I'm going to come pick up your kids so that you can have some alone time. Or, hey, I'm, I'm sending... One of my favorite things is when... <laughs> like when we've had our hard times and someone's just sent a cleaner over to help mm, clean mm-hmm. my house for me because that's just not where what I was capable of right, doing. Right. So those tangible things I think can go a really long way. Oh uh, yeah. That's, I, I think that's, it, it is interesting because like you said, we're not taught how to go through grieving or to help people go no. through grieving. And until this last summer, um, when Chris lost his dad, I didn't understand how to show up for people when they had lost someone. So I found that I felt it's almost, it's almost an awkward thing where you don't know what to say. So sometimes we say nothing at all, even though you desperately want to help. So I think it's a really powerful conversation because people want to help. Right. And, and it's like, you want to know that other people are sitting there with you. And it's one of the most powerful things when you're going through something like that. So I love that you share just these ways of, let me tell you from the place of experience of what this person might need if they're going through this or what they could use if they're going through this. I think it's like vital that we get to tune into that so that we can show up for those people and not kind of like turn away from it because there's maybe an awkwardness or you don't want to say the wrong thing. So I love that so much. Um, and I love that you're an author because I all of the things that you've gone through, you just pay forward to use to help women. So with your new book, I know that you talk a lot about moving from fear into freedom. How did that resonate? Like fear into freedom. Tell me why you chose that and how that reflected in your life, what that path was. I feel like one of the biggest questions that women ask me or or express to me is how do I get unstuck? Or I feel so stuck in my Mm. life. How do I move forward? And in my life, I started noticing that the times that I felt really stuck was because I was afraid. I was afraid of things staying the same, or Mm. I was afraid of what if I started moving forward and I failed, or what if I started moving forward and something bad happened Mm. again, or I was scared about, you know, past things that have happened, repeating themselves. And so I just, you stay stuck and Mm -hmm. you you stay stuck in that fear. And so fear then starts becoming something that just can really darken every part Mm. of your life. And in my life, especially after we lost our older two kids, I felt so trapped and so stuck Mm. that the only word that kept coming to my mind that I knew I wanted to feel again was freedom. Mm. I wanted to feel freedom, to feel joy, to, to feel connection, to feel happy, to feel like I was allowed to rebuild a new life for myself. 
And I wanted that. And so as I was writing my new book, I Am Here, I knew that if I could take the the tools and the things that I was learning throughout my grieving process and trying to rebuild my life, that I could help equip other women on on how to feel free again mm-hmm. and and free to be themselves and free to dream that it's okay to dream even after even after past dreams have been shattered and that that we're allowed to and that we're deserving of it and and that just because we've had a bad day or a bad mm-hmm. experience doesn't mean our entire life is going to be bad mm-hmm. forever and there's so much freedom that comes in really starting to understand that mm-hmm because then it allows us to have the confidence and the courage and the clarity to move forward, to rebuild something new. Oh my God. I feel that so deeply. You guys, I'm like holding back tears the whole time, Um, (laughs) which I'm sure they are. Um, I feel that so deeply because fear is the thing that just, God, it stops us from our entire purpose of why we're here. And I think that can be some of an excruciating pain for so many people as well. And I know that in my life and from a lot of the women that I talk to, it's kind of like we're afraid to experience too much joy or we're always like, you know, if something good happens, it must mean that there has to be so an evening out and we can't just keep going up. Like it, it, it has to be impossible. So when good things start happening, it's like, okay, let's wait, waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yes. This is such a huge topic for me because I want to be available for even more joy and even more expansion and um, even more opportunity and more, you know, connection and bliss and love and just deepen that. And I think we can't get there unless we start to do what you're talking about and really moving away from the fear and not, not thinking. It's almost like I'd love your take on it, which I think is your whole book. But how do we, how do we move away from that belief? that if it's good, something either bad has to happen or the other, you know, waiting for that other shoe to drop, especially if people's pasts have reflected that. How do we move past it? And then what happens when something bad happens again to maybe confirm what our old belief was? I I love talking about this. I literally have chills over (laughs) my own body. You can see them because I think that this is one of those things that, that really prevents so many of us from being able to, to actually feel safe or Mm -hmm. experience all the joy that is available for us in our lives. And this is where, and the the first whole section of my book is all about how do we reframe our thoughts? Mm. How do we reframe so that we remember that pain was never supposed to destroy us Mm. and we're going to feel it. And we're going to feel it again. And and there's going to be moments throughout our entire life that really are disappointing to us. Mm. But that doesn't mean that we can't feel joy through Mm. it. And I think that a lot of times what I have realized is that life is both the really good and the really bad. Mm. And the mixture of the two allow us to see what it is that we can overcome, mm. how much strength we have, how powerful we are, how to connect with other people in a new way. Mm. Um, for me, once I, and it's this is such an active practice for me because the fear part just mm. comes in. But I think a lot of us spend a lot of time being afraid of pain. Mm-hmm. But yes, if, yeah, confirmed. <laughs> all of us. It's mm-hmm. like that's where the fear is. The fear comes from. Well, I don't want to feel that. I don't want to feel that pain. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go through that. 
But what if pain is something that can teach us? Mm -hmm. What if it's something that actually can support us? What if it's something that allows us to connect with ourselves and each other on a totally different level? And Mm -hmm. so then that would mean that, well, what if then we don't actually need to be afraid of pain, Mm -hmm. but that we are uncovering tools constantly so that we can invite it in and learn from it and then keep stepping forward in our lives. Mm -hmm. That's helped me stop having this mentality of, well, today was really good. So what is going to come and destroy me Mm -hmm. tomorrow? Mm -hmm. Because then I know that pain was never supposed to destroy my life. And instead it can keep supporting me if I, if I can drop some of those stories around it um, and move forward in a new way. Mm. So good. It's, it's, it's such a, it's even powerful to, when you start to believe that, to even just say like my whole body was just like, felt like a full body. Yes. Like it can support you. And I feel like the resistance, Chris and I always talk about this. I'm like, it's the resistance around the thing is, is worse than the actual thing that we need to get done or that we need to do. And it's like, I think sometimes when you can, when you can spot it, when you can call it out, when you can name it, when you can really process through what maybe that fear is, or, um, you know, how are you going to like, it's not going to destroy you. You, it's never been, you know, something that has taken you down in the past. Look what you've gone through. You stop like feeling this clenching in your body, like this full body clenching life clenching of just like always trying to avoid and, uh, taking opportunities off your plate. Cause you're like, yes, I want to do that. But what happens if blank happens? And I think sometimes when you can name it and even think the exact way that you said, like, it's here to support you, you just don't, you don't fear it as much exactly what you're saying. It's just not as scary because if it is here to support you, it's like, how do I extract the lesson right away? That's been really big for me is like, yes, feeling it. And also, okay, if this was here for me, if this was making me stronger, what would this be helping me understand or look at or see in like a deeper way that maybe I wouldn't get, wouldn't get from it if I didn't feel this. So I love that so much. Okay. So reframing thoughts is your first section. And I know that you go into uh, reframing the future. Tell us about that one. Reimagining your future. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like, I don't know if you've gone through this experience, but I have many times when we are trying to build this life that we think is going to look a certain way Mm -hmm. and then something else happens, or maybe even something catastrophic doesn't happen, but we don't get the job we want, Mm -hmm. or we get let go from a job or just something happens that changes or we're in a pandemic and it Mm -hmm. changes what our future once looked like. How do we reimagine something new? How do we rebuild that? How do we find clarity on what it is that we want? First of all, And then the steps that we need to take to get there. I think Mm -hmm. a lot of times when we're ready to move forward in our lives, that's a part that we can get hung up on, which is, well, how do I actually do this thing? Mm. So I, I uncovered this process that I call clarity mapping after we lost our older two kids and I was buried. I didn't know what life was supposed to look like Mm. anymore. I didn't know what we wanted. And going from a household of four to now just two of us. And it was so quiet. We sold everything that we owned in Phoenix and we moved to Nashville to just try to start asking ourselves, what, what, like what what happens now? Mm -hmm. 
And with clarity mapping, it helped me get really clear on what it is that I want in my life. Mm -hmm. What is my intention every day so that I have something that I'm working toward? And how can I build this actual map, this actual path and plan that allows me to get from where I am to where I want to be? And clarity mapping is the whole reason I'm here talking to you. It's the whole reason I have a new book coming out. It's the whole reason that we're moving forward in our lives um, because it invites you to ask yourself some really important questions Mm -hmm. that we have to get really honest about so that we give ourselves the freedom to keep walking forward. Mm, Okay. So now I need to know some of those questions. Okay. So all about better questions. (laughs) I ask myself these five questions every single morning, and you can also ask yourself them to start a year or at the beginning of every quarter, if you're taking on a new project or just want to kind of reevaluate where you are. The first question I ask myself is what is my intention? Mm. What is my intention today? And the word intention, I feel like we hear it a lot, but really what an intention is, is, is a guide so that I know what to say yes and what to say no to. Oh, it so keeps good. me on this mm-hmm. path so that I'm really clear about what my focus is. And mm. it can be something related to business or it can be as simple as there were a lot of days my intention was to to find deeper connection with my husband because we were both hurting. Okay, mm. what does that look like today? And then the second question I would ask myself and is who can I serve? Mm. Who today can I serve? Is it someone that I know or am I going to allow myself to keep my eyes open when I'm just out and about and because I'm paying attention, I'm going to have this opportunity to connect with someone who has Mm -hmm. what I have to offer them that day. Mm -hmm. The third thing that I ask myself is what can I set down? Mm -hmm. What can I set down today? Because we carry so many things with us every single day that quite frankly, we don't need, (laughs) whether it's the fear of something or this you know, negative comment that someone gave us, or we feel responsibility for this other thing that we actually have no control over. What if we just invited ourselves to just set it down mm. for the day? What would that look like? And and how would we feel if we felt a little bit lighter from that? Um, the next question that I ask myself is, why am I worthy? That's something that was really hard for me because after losing three children, It took me a while to realize that I was still worthy of finding joy in my Mm -hmm. life, that it was okay for me to, that I I didn't fail them, that I did my best and that um, I was still, I'm still worthy of a life full of love Mm -hmm. and joy. And, And I think as women, we're really hard on ourselves and being able to answer that question every day to allow these good things to happen, to allow ourselves to stop that mindset of, well, what shoe's going to drop now? Because the universe is just going to balance things out mm-hmm. for me and, and make it bad today. Mm-hmm. Um, that question has been really powerful for me. And then the last question that I ask is, how does the truest version of myself show up today? Mm-hmm. I used to ask, how does the best version of myself show up? When I asked that, I started answering it based off what I thought other people wanted out of me. How could I be the best mom or the best boss or the best person on, you know, best online thought leader? Like I, that one was based off of what other people needed. But when I can show up as my truest self, Mm. and that allows a lot of freedom and clarity to come into my life so that I can impact the things and people I want to, but I'm staying true to, to myself and, and to what my intention is at that time. 
so many secondary questions. <laughs> this is so good. Oh my God. So this is, this is my favorite thing to talk about. Um, so on the, the second one, the question around what can I put set down today? I love that one. I, I actually say it to myself every day too. I say it in, what can I offer up today? And I actually oh, I put it that. in my hands and, and oh, give it up so to God. Good. And that has been like a big thing for me of like picturing it. And I'm, it sounds like you kind of do that. Yeah, too. I have like a God actually. box. <laughs> okay. Awesome. You write it and you put, I put it in the God box and yeah. I just know there's nothing I can do to change this. I'm giving it up today. Oh my God. I have chills. Okay. I'm going to start one. <laughs> You're going to see mine. It's so cool. Um, that is so cool. That helps even more because I do love to picture it. What do you... So ener- energetically, like you actually have to like be willing to surrender that and give it up. And it's a feeling in your body. So can you explain that a little bit more? Because for some people, they're like, how do I how do I set that down? Like, cause it's not a, it's, it's not a practice for them. It's an, it's a new thing. Like it still feels very much present. So what is that practice of the, um, you know, the, the offering up or the, what am I going to set down today? What does that actually look like for you when it's in practice in your brain? <laughs> That's such a good question. And I think to start, we need to imagine what that would feel like, mm. because if we haven't done it before and we're not sure how to do that, it's okay if you don't know yet. Mm-hmm. But how I started was I would imagine how I wanted to feel. Mm. I would imagine how I would feel if that was gone. And I would literally close my eyes and I would put myself into this moment of time where that thing that I felt just so burdensome and so heavy was gone. And mm. I I would literally walk through what does it feel like to feel lighter from this? Mm. What does it feel like to have light come in? to this place that feels really dark Mm. and heavy. And I would allow myself to have my body feel that and to, to picture it in my mind, because once you can imagine something, then you can start inviting it in as a daily practice Mm -hmm. that becomes a reality. And Mm. so if you have to imagine it for a while, that's okay because you're still feeling that in your body. And so now sometimes I still have to, sometimes I still have to imagine this feels really heavy. So how do I, how do I want to feel? And what would that feel like if I mm-hmm. felt that way? Uh, with my God box now, it's it's literally a box and I write, I write whatever the thing is and I put it into my box so that I can't see it. And I just, I have this boundary with myself mm-hmm. that I've created that once it's in the box, I literally am trusting it over to God, mm-hmm. to universe, to take care of for now while I'm focusing on these other things that I know are really important for Mm -hmm. me Mm -hmm. to do. But I think that first step is to imagine what it feels like. So then you know what it feels like and you can keep inviting that feeling in every day. Mm. It's, it's so interesting because, um, not only is that super powerful, but they, a, a lot of men are better at compartmentalizing and oh, it's yeah. kind of like, that's the actual practice of compartmentalizing. Like I, I used to always get so pissed at my husband because he could like, we could be fighting. And then five minutes later, he's on his phone and I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm looking at Packer news. And I'm like, how are you not still in this fight? And he's like, I, that was, uh, I put that away. Like, he's just like, we are not doing anything about it right now. And we're not solving it or like something will feel catastrophic in our lives. And he's like, again, probably reading some form of like football news. And he's like, I just put it away for a while if we can't fix it. And I'm like, 
how? What does that mean? Show (laughs) me how. And now I'm really understanding the power of being able to, if you can't take care of that thing, I've heard it referred to as, you know, on your computer, like pulling up a million different sites and and women, it's harder for us to close out of those sites. We leave them all running in the background where men can be like, okay, what am I looking at right now? And then when they're done, they close out of it and then go on to the next thing. And I always thought, cause that's how their brain just tends to work. And so it's a learned thing, but I do believe that it can be learned. Um, and I think that practice, like a really tangible for me, just like you said, like a really tangible practice of either seeing it, or now I'm going to add the physical element to it because that is the most powerful thing that we can do is realize what, you know, like you said, in the very beginning of this podcast, what thing is requiring my, like, what's most important for me to pay attention to today? And what's the thing maybe I am paying attention to that's actually taking my power because there's nothing that I can do about it right now. I know that you had talked about that. I think that might be actually the last um, section of your book is reclaiming the power and really talking about the things we're giving our power to. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah. So I'll use this example because I, I feel like there are so many things throughout our lives that either take our power away because of really bad decisions from other people mm. or experiences we have no control over, or sometimes we're the one who just freely gives our power away because we give weight to things that maybe we shouldn't be. Mm. And um, so an example of this is after we lost our baby boy last year, there's something that happens. A lot of times people say, well, your rainbow is coming. Your rainbow mm. baby will come. Or or if it's not a baby, it's, well, your rainbow's coming. The, the, the thing to make this all just feel better after the storm mm. is going to come for you. And one of my mentors um, said to me one time last year, because there was just something with it that just wasn't resonating with mm. me. I was like, there's something I feel like I'm missing. This helps a lot of people, but it just doesn't feel yeah. right. And so my mentor was helping me with a lot of different things, like learning how to eat foods Mm. to support, totally different foods to support my body Mm. uh, because my body had changed after sepsis, different ways to work out because I could hardly get out of bed, just Mm. all these different things. And one day she just said, Ashley, what if you're the rainbow? Mm. What if all this pain and all these things that you're going through it's actually inviting you to lift yourself higher in life, to live a different way because it's allowing you to uncover more truth about who you are. Mm. What I have learned is that you're the rainbow, that there's not just some mystical, magical thing just waiting that hopefully one day you find to to create this rainbow in your Mm -hmm. life and make everything feel better, but that it can be right now. Mm it can be you. It's, it's inside of you. And so reclaiming our power invites us to understand and, and really uncover who it is that is sitting inside of us already and mm-hmm. supporting her and, and giving her what she needs and, and giving her a voice and allowing her to speak up for herself and, and allowing her to find joy, even when it feels stormy outside, because we know that no matter where we go, the rainbow's always with us mm-hmm. because it, it is us. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's been a huge step in reclaiming my power and in trusting my voice again and and in being able to just stand firm in who I am so that the pain doesn't keep taking it away from me anymore. Mm, that's so powerful. How do you get back to that place when you feel like you are like not feeling 
like a rainbow when you're just like, oh man, like maybe because as and that actually resonates with me deeply. But on the days where you're like, wow, I'm not, how do I get from here to there again? Yeah. I think that we have to remember that not every day is going to feel mm. like that. I, I mm-hmm. think there's this time where we're like, well, I I wanted to feel right. And, and why do I feel like mm. this? And it was because life is hard. And, yeah. I, <laughs> and I, that's something I keep telling myself, like life is hard, Ashley. You're actually probably not even doing anything wrong. You're, mm. It's probably hard because you're doing things right because you're, you're putting your heart out there. You're putting yourself out there. You're, you keep standing up even when it's hard mm. and it is hard. Um, so for me, it goes back to, again, how do I reframe my thoughts so that I can then reclaim my power? Mm. Something that I've started to do, um, going back to, to the topic of fear, is that I've learned that my fear, it, it's become a whole body response to, mm. for me. I don't know if you've ever felt that before. With fear? With fear. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like this whole body, like yes. sometimes I I'm honestly going to start puking. Uh-huh. Sometimes my anxiety and my head is so cloudy that it's like puke in my stomach, but also cloudy in my brain and get tensed. Like my whole body changes. Yes. And so something that I've started doing, especially on those days where the fear makes me forget the truth about who I am in life. I literally tell myself, I literally hug myself mm. and I say, thank you for trying to protect me right mm. now, mm. but I'm Okay. I've learned that fear and some of those things is also a reaction because it wants us to protect us from pain that we have felt in the past. And so I have to keep being the person to remind myself, I'm okay right now. Mm. I can get through this. I thank you. I honor you for trying to keep me safe and and protect me, but I'm okay. Mm. Um, and so on those days that it gets really hard, that's one of the first things that I remind myself. And then I also something else that I do, because I feel like a lot of times we can get caught up in this culture of we must keep grinding or Mm -hmm. we must keep hustling or we must keep just Mm self-sacrificing everything to make this thing happen. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we just need to take care of ourselves and rest. And Mm -hmm. sometimes on a bad day, we can acknowledge that it is a, a bad day. And then we can ask ourselves, what do I need today? What do I need to be reminded that tomorrow I can have a good day. Is is there mm. people in my life that I want to spend time with? Is Do I need to take a nap? Like, do I yes. need to sleep longer yes. today? Do uh-huh. I, and allowing ourselves to have permission to do that has, that's been something that's been really powerful for me. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> that has been, that's been actually one of the biggest gifts that I've learned it just in life in general is sometimes on those bad days, it's almost better to just say, no, we're, we're cutting it off here. And now I'm only good, like all of those things that you think you needed to do or be or show up as like giving yourself permission to maybe cancel the dinner that night or cancel that meeting or cancel whatever it is, because you just need to like nurture yourself so that you, for me, it's kind of like in order to keep showing up, I have to know that it's okay to not always have to show up if it's been really bad. And I think in the past I would have been like, still got to show up, still got to show up. And as much as I do, I I really am a person of my word. Like I really want to keep that word. But if it is detrimental to me showing up long-term, like if this starts to become something in my life where it's like, if I don't show up, I'm a failure or, uh, you know, I, I can't do this if I disappoint people, that's not sustainable. 
Like it's actually, especially as a woman, it's not sustainable. So I love that you said that kind of just like, what do I need? Do I need to cut it off and take a nap? Do I need to go, you know, bring a bag of chips into bed right now and just like put the covers over my head and not not come out and know that, you know, or maybe you need to really take care of yourself with food and water and sleep. And I know that those are huge things that I think as we go through on this journey, like what you said, I'd love to hear um, just how you make that decision of, Oh, maybe sometimes we want to make those those um, you know super comforting comforting food decisions, or you know drink that whole bottle of wine, or what that looks like. But what do you do to kind of remind yourself that it's not going to make a better day tomorrow? I love that question. I ask myself the question: What is most supportive to my body? Mm. After going septic, literally the whole makeup of my body on the insides has totally changed. Mm. There are foods I cannot eat anymore that I used to be able to that literally send this inflammation reaction that will keep me in bed for days. Mm. And so a lot of times the foods that I want right now in the moment are also the foods that will take me out for a longer period of time. And so that's why I have to ask is what is the best support to my whole Mm. body, to, to everything I need, what is most supportive? Because I think, I think also when we are in moments of pain, we want anything that will take that yes. away. Mm-hmm. Anything. Mm-hmm. So the food, the alcohol, the online shopping, mm-hmm. the <laughs> bad relationship, that whatever the thing is to make us forget how much pain we're in mm-hmm. for the moment is normally what we gravitate for. But if we can look at it as, and it's hard to do this when you're in the moment. So yeah. you have to keep committing yourself to it so that it becomes just something you do mm-hmm. um, because it's just a practice that you have. And so it it just becomes a part of your life. But being able to have a bigger view of, okay, I know I want that right now, but is that going to add more suffering mm-hmm. to my pain or is that going to be supportive of the pain that I'm feeling right now? And mm-hmm. so I base my decisions off of that because for me, I know that I have a physical reaction if I'm just trying to mask my pain for the moment Mm -hmm. and it made me really sick for the last half of last year um, until I finally allowed myself to find a better way to help cope and and bring support through those moments. Mm. Oh man, that's the, I love that so much. I, that's the only that, yeah. (laughs) I sit and say, are you making this worse for yourself? Like, let's make this easier. Yeah. Like let's, let's, this is how you love yourself today. And it doesn't always work. Yes. Sometimes I find myself with the wine and the online shopping. I've got a a good relationship. So thank God for that one. But in the past it was wine shopping and bad relationship, you know, all the things at once. Yes. Um, But it's like you said, it's like an ever, you're going to have days where you relapse and you're going to have days where, um, you know, you get back into the practice or you're doing really well. And it's just, that's, it's the journey. It's the ever present journey. So I think the, the last question I want to ask you is how do you keep, because you know, Ashley life, life is hard. Like the good things are challenging. They are tough. The things that make us amazing humans stretch us and make us the most uncomfortable ever. Um, the, the things that I can look back that just felt like the worst thing I wouldn't wish on anyone are now the things that I am, um, bizarrely the most grateful for, um, you know, would I want them again? No, but, uh, so how do you, how do you keep life is hard from not becoming a mantra? Like, how do we have both? Like life is hard and joyful or, you know, how do we, how (laughs) help? (laughs) There's three words Mm. that I use 
that are really simple that have really helped me. Mm. Um, they are and, now, and so. Mm. So like you just said, we are having moments where it's life is hard or I am really sad or I am devastated. I love throwing in the word and. Mm. I am I am really sad right now. And I'm really happy because this thing just happened. Mm. I, I have learned that that grief and joy coexist. Mm. And so yeah, life is hard and it's a miracle mm. and it's filled with so much joy. And mm. there are so many people who I love surrounding me. And I'm so grateful that I'm waking up again today. And, you know, like mm-hmm. there's so many... There's so many things so that the mantra isn't just life is hard, it's life is hard and. Mm -hmm. And so being able to complete that sentence with whatever the and is for you has helped me know that, yeah, it's hard, but there's also also more beyond Mm -hmm. that. Um, The second word of so is something that helps me complete um, the sentence. Let's say you get let go from a job or let's say you didn't get the job that you wanted. Mm -hmm. Man. I'm really upset right now that I didn't get this job. So I'm going to go home and pull myself a bubble bath and start again tomorrow. Mm. It just, it so creates this action to this feeling so that there is forward movement instead Mm -hmm. of you just feeling stuck in the life is hard part. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the last one is now. Life is hard. And right now I feel... X, Y, and Z. And I know that I'm not going to feel like this forever. Mm. So using those three words have been really helpful for me and they're really simple, but it it just allows us to see that there is more beyond only having it be hard all the time. Mm, That is so good. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love that so much. So Everybody is probably wanting to read this book right now. So can you tell us uh, where we can get it, where we can find it, all of that stuff? Yes. Oh my gosh. It's, I just feel like it's my greatest privilege oh. that this gets to be released. I'm just so <laughs> excited. Um, you can go buy I Am Here anywhere books are sold. Um, and we're doing a lot of fun things throughout the month of May for everyone who has the book because we're going to be reading it together in a book club and and be able to just do this work together because I know that it's hard mm. alone, but you can go buy it anywhere where you like to go buy your books. That's amazing. And Ashley, what I want to do is I want to do um, a book giveaway. So we are purchasing 10 of your books. Oh, and that's so nice what of you. Gonna, girl, everybody needs to read this book. So we're purchasing 10 of your books. And what we're going to do is for the first people who end up tagging Ashley and tagging myself uh, with the story of this or or on stories on Instagram um, and saying your biggest takeaway from this podcast. So upload the story, share your biggest takeaway, tag Ashley, tag myself. I'll be taking the first 10 people and sending you all a free book so that you can read this incredible, incredible book that Ashley has released. So I'm so, so grateful for you. Thank you for coming on the show. Um, I just, anytime that I can drop in with you like this, I just feel so blessed. And this added so much to my life. And Bananas wants to say hi as well. I love Bananas. He's been in the room with us this whole time. So he's like, we're done now. (laughs) No, we're done. Thanks for having me, Lori. You're the greatest. I'm so grateful to be able to talk to you and 
in your community today. So thank you. Oh, so grateful to you and you guys. Until next time, earn your happy. Bye everyone. Hey, y'all. I'm so excited to share with you, Earn Your Happy is now part of Growth Day Podcast Network. A bunch of us are coming together to bring more growth to the world and support shows and brands that we truly believe in. And one of my friends is also on the network, and I'd love for you to go subscribe to his show. You guys, Trent Shelton has the most incredible podcast. It's called Straight Up with Trent Shelton, and it's going to remind you that you are built for this. I have heard Trent speak in person multiple times. I've listened to his podcast a ton. He's coming on the show and I literally cannot wait because this man just spits straight fire. It is like truth that goes to your core and makes you take action right away. If you want one of those podcasts that when you're just out on a walk, you can't help but want to start running and run through a wall in your life, this is the show to go listen to. So you guys make sure that you go subscribe to the show straight up with Trent Shelton. You're going to love it. Want to know a huge secret to my success? Okay, not only my success, but just about every single person that I have interviewed on this podcast who is successful has this in common. You guys, they love to journal. They capture their life lessons and what they're grateful for. But a lot of people don't keep this up consistently. And most people do know that the research shows that journaling deepens your gratitude and increases self-awareness. But did you also know that journaling decreases stress and helps you achieve your goals faster? In fact, journaling is a huge differentiator between average performers at work and high-performing people. It leads to longer-term clarity, confidence, and success. So why don't more people journal? Why didn't I journal consistently? Honestly, they don't like staring at a blank page. It's hard to carry a book around with you or a notepad, and they just don't even know what to write about or they just forget. That's why I know that you're going to love Growth Day. It's the world's number one system for self-improvement, and it's like all-in-one personal development in an app. And it has an awesome digital journal, and people love it. Growth Day's digital journal has hundreds of research-backed writing prompts for self-reflection, positive mindset, confidence building, and success. I use them all the time, and it makes me think in ways that I typically don't, and it makes me ask myself better questions, which we all know gets better results in our lives. It even has prompts that help you develop a daily, weekly, or monthly habit of reflecting on your life and identifying areas to grow. So it's a perfect time of year to start journaling, you guys. When you sign up at Growth Day, you also get systems for habit tracking, goal setting, and scoring and improving every area of your life. Best of all, I get to teach there too, you guys. I'm so excited. I hope that I get to see you. I teach live in Growth Day every single month with a new topic just for you. So join me there. Start your free trial at growthdate.com slash Lori.
Hey, I know if you're listening to this podcast that you have big dreams and big goals. And one of the things that can really stop you is struggling with your marketing. Trust me, I have been there. Are you using 10 different systems just to build your online business? Then I want you to try Kajabi. Kajabi helps you build your web pages, set up funnels, and sell your courses, content, coaching, or communities. You've been hearing me talk a lot about funnels on this podcast and the importance of your email list. You can get a free trial at kajabi.com. That's K-A-J-A-B-I.com. I've talked about Kajabi before, but here's something that's super cool and new. They just rolled out an AI assistant for creating your online course curriculum. And this means you just type in a topic that you wanna create on a course or webinar and bam, it's just generates a sample outline for you. It takes a ton of the hard work away. Of course, you're gonna customize it to be your own, but this really helps you get over the struggle of how in the world to start which is where most people stop. If you're like me, starting is always the hardest part and that's what makes Kajabi so popular. They've made it easier for creators to build web pages, build courses, build coaching programs, build membership sites, build checkout pages and build email funnels. So if you're struggling with any of those, you gotta go check it out. Go to kajabi.com. Kajabi was really the first all-in-one system and is trusted by over 100,000 creators. I think that's good enough for me. Also as influencers and marketers who use this and now their smart AI platform makes it easy to take what you know and turn it into an online course and business. Go start building with a free trial at kajabi.com. That's K-A-J-A-B-I.com.